We've been in a series, The Resurrection Effect. I'm going to end that today with one more conversation about the resurrected life. What is the resurrected life? Open your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 11. The book of John, chapter 11. I want you to hear something Jesus said uh, right after, or right when Lazarus died, and he was about to raise him up. He charged Martha with this. In John chapter 11, he says to her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? I want you to underline that in your Bible where it says, will never die. And I want you to underline in your Bible where it says that you will live, you will live. Jesus, in speaking this to her, I don't believe was just talking about someday you'll live after you transition from your earthly body. But he was saying, if you believe in me, the moment you believe in me, you begin to live. You begin to live a life that you weren't living previously. That there's an awakening and there's a resurrection that happens even internally the moment you give your life to Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus said, I am the resurrection to her. He wasn't saying, I will one day be. But those who believe in him will experience a resurrected life the moment you give your heart to Jesus. We will transition from a false life or a shadow life into God's real living, God's real life. And it will happen the moment you commit your heart to him. But then he was saying that even though you die physically, you'll still live. You will never die. And that's an interesting statement. Because you think, was he meaning if we pray a prayer, or if we commit our life to him, that we will just continue to live in these earthly bodies that will never die? That doesn't make sense because every one of those individuals that heard that still died. Even Lazarus, who he was about to bring back, eventually would die. So what was he meaning? I remember when I buried my mom and she believed in Jesus, gave her heart to Jesus and her physical body was laid to rest right there. Many of you have buried loved ones, children, parents, grandparents, spouses. And when Jesus said that they will live, they'll never die, he says, they will never die, then we have to know he wasn't talking about this earthly body. He was talking about a life that transitions, a life that continues even though this earthly body falls off. A life in him an ever-living life. A theme of Jesus' ministry was power over death. This whole concept of I am the resurrection. He proved it with Lazarus. He proved it with the widow's son when he raised the widow's son from the dead. And obviously, eventually, he proved it when he himself showed his conquering of death, when he was resurrected, came up out of the tomb. Jesus' resurrection was meant to give us assurance of our own resurrection and what we would be like. Let me give you some scripture here. What will we be like when we live, when we transition out of this temporal life into an eternal one? Colossians chapter one, verse 18, the Bible says that he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, Jesus is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. In Romans chapter 8, 29, the Bible says again, Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren and sisters. Jesus is the firstborn of many. 
Jesus being resurrected and coming back was trying to help us see what we will be like when we transition out of this temporal earthly body into an eternal life. But that eternal life begins, I'll say it again, this is kind of the theme of the day, the eternal life begins the moment you give your life to Jesus. And we tap into a greater life. We tap into a life that supersedes what we see with our natural eye. But so many times we're drawn back in to this very temporal existence. But Jesus wanting to show us a bit about what we'll be like when we transition into a resurrected life. He's the firstborn, say firstborn, of many. We're the many, which means we see him as the first example. We see him as who we're going to be, what we'll be like. Being resurrected, he wasn't a ghost. You're not going to be a ghost. Ooh, you're like, man, that's a bummer because I have some people I wanted to haunt. I've been looking forward to haunting them my whole life. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus is the firstborn, you're gonna be like him. He wasn't a ghost, which I'm grateful he's not a ghost. He's alive. He was not a formless shadow. You're not going to be a formless, disembodied shadow. He's real. And your resurrected life is just as real. Are you hearing this? Your resurrected life will be just as real. He was real, but he was something beyond real. He was alive, but something beyond life, as we may know it. He was himself, but yet he was even greater than we knew before the resurrection. That's where we're going. That's your future. You will never die, because Jesus promised that. Your earthly body will finish, will expire, but you have already begun to step into eternity, though you can't see it with your natural eye. And when your body falls off, <laughs> that's the way you say it, or you can say we lay it down, you will experience greater life, not less life. A superior version of life. I believe a superior vision, superior hearing, superior ability. You'll experience more life, not less life. You're about to step into resurrected life. Somebody get excited about that. Amen. You know, our earthly bodies are limited to like three colors in the spectrum. But who's to say there's only three primary colors? That's just what we can see. If you were to ask a dog how many colors there were, he would tell you black and white. Are you understanding? It's not that there's only those two colors. It's just all that human, that, that you know, that dog's body can perceive. God's infinite, my friends. What I'm saying is when we step into eternity, it's going to become even more real, even more life than what we're limited to be able to utilize or perceive in this earthly body, not less life. Revelation chapter 20, though, says something I want to warn us about or bring to your attention that you may not realize. This is a evangelistic message as much as it's inspiring about where we're going one day. The Bible teaches us of a second death. You may not know that phrase even exists in the scripture, but it's true and it's there. There is the first death, which would be this time when your body expires or your timeline finishes here with your earthly body. But there's a second death, which is more strategic and more vital that you avoid that death than this death. The second death, Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power. 
but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. What is the second death, Pastor Kevin? It's a new phrase. I don't know what the second death is. Revelation chapter 20, verse 8. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. It's important that we realize that this first death is just part of transitioning, removing this earthly body and just carrying on into the life that God has for us. This is going to happen. None of us are getting out of here alive. <laughs> right? The death rate in humanity is like 99.9999%. As far as we know, there's only two that didn't go through it. You're like, who? I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to keep you mystery on that. If you read your Bibles, find out. But they'll eventually die too, probably, according to the book of Revelation. Oh, I spoiled the ending. We're not getting out of here alive. But here's the thing. We get so focused on this physical death, this first death, what we really need to be preparing for is making sure we're not a part of that second death. Amen? Because this first death... That's just temporal. That's just stepping out of the temporal into the eternal. We're, we're, we're leveling up, my friends. But if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, not only will your earthly body die, but then when you get into that side of eternity, there is an eternal death, which is separation from God forever. Are you understanding what I just said? And that's important that we pay attention to that. In opening... In our opening verse, when Jesus was declaring that they will live even though they die, he was promising eternal life after physical death. He was promising that even though you die, that you're still going to live forever, that you won't have part in that second death, that separation from him. You will be forever connected to the life source of the universe. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's what Jesus was most excited about. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Those who believe in me will never die. He wasn't talking about a physical earthly death because that is going to happen. He wasn't concerned about this life. He's concerned about the life to come, which goes on forever. And which will actually, you will be experiencing real life, full life, like this earthly physical body could never perceive or comprehend. Jesus is excited about what's coming for us. Amen. That's what he was preaching about. He wasn't preaching about you staying alive in this earthly body forever. This is the life God cares most about. This earthly life is but a vapor. It's just going to be that way. The book of James chapter 4 verse 14 says that, and it's passing away. No matter how long we live in this body, it will come to an end, and we want it to. Because we don't want to forever be trapped in a fallen world. Are you hearing me, church? We want to get into the life God always intended us to have, which is with Him forever, connected. No more pain, no more sorrow, no curse, no devil. Come on, church, no sin, no limitations. Experiencing God and His will and His ways and His universe in its fullness. Amen. One day our physical life will stop and we will step into eternity, which is what I want to call today real life. Real life. These are my little quotes. Real life. 
The reason I say that is our culture, our world, too many times will even criticize us at church. Be like, look at them wasting their time, focusing on the Bible, focusing on Jesus. And here we are living real life. Even yourself, you might think, oh, you know, I don't have time to go to church. I'm too busy in real life. Are you hearing me? Well, what is real life? Our bills, our work stress, wars, rumors of wars, famines, political stuff going on. Is that real life? Or is that a temporal life? Is that a shadow life? When God is most focused on the real life. So when you spend time with God, you spend time in his word, you spend time in his presence, you spend time with his people, you spend time preparing for eternity, God is clapping saying, yeah, you're focusing on real life. This world doesn't celebrate it because they think you're out to lunch somewhere, that you're focusing on something that doesn't matter when it's the most important part that matters. But it's who we believe. Do we believe this is real life? Or do we believe the word of the Lord, which is saying to make sure we prepare for real life? What we're living now is a shadow life, an imitation life, a false life. You can write all that in your notes if you have time, or you can look at the app. I have them there for you. I think about Buzz. How many of you are Toy Story fans? Even he's raising his hand. Yeah, I'm a Toy Story fan. It was funny, I, I purchased these and had them on the counter at home, and every one of my children played with them at some point throughout this weekend. They just couldn't keep their hands off of them. But I want you to remember, if you're familiar with the movie, how many of you saw the movie? Raise your hand if you saw the movie. All right. Let me see if, is he on? We gotta play with him a little bit. You can't just like hold it. Are you on? Oh, is the battery dead? No, come back, Buzz. Yes. Did you hear it? It's a secret mission in a charted space. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. No time to explain. Attack. Attack. Wait, I think he's got a laser light too. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Great. Now I'm playing with it. I'm playing with my kids and I'm like, this is sweet. All right. But do you remember Buzz in the movie? He was completely convinced he was living real life, right? Remember the movie. Go back like 25 years. <laughs> Remember the movie. He was like, I'm on an uncharted planet. And he truly believed he was the Buzz Lightyear. He believed this was real life. That was the whole purpose of the first part of the movie. Because he could walk and he could talk and he could move around and he was in this world thinking his world and what he was thinking was real life, but he wasn't real. And how many times is that us in this life? We think we're living real life when really we're just living a toy life. We're living an imitation life. We're living a shadow life. And we're unaware of it. Are you following the illustration? To Buzz, this is real life what he knows, what he believes, what he sees, what he's a part of. If you were to ask Buzz, are you real? Are you living real life? He would say, absolutely, this is real life. 
But if you were to ask Buzz's creator, Buzz's creator would say, Buzz, you're living a false imitation life. It's not real life. It's a version of life. It's a temporary life. It's a false life. Like Buzz, we mistakenly believe that we're alive. And this life is all there is. And then we try to hold on at any costs to this life. But the Bible says the only way to save or experience real life is to let go of this imitation life. Are you hearing me, church? I mean, praise God, eat healthy, exercise, go to the doctor, and I would add, go to the dentist. <laughs> Do what you can, use all the creams, come on. <laughs> Do what you got to do. But please keep in mind, no matter what, this is just the imitation life. This is just the shadow life. This is just a lower version of life. And we don't try to hold on with our fingernails gripped in to be saying, I don't want to leave. I don't want to go. This is all there is. Because we know better. Come on, church. We know better. There is a life beyond this life. That right now we're in this, yes, we're in this imitation lower life, learning, growing. Most important, we have opportunity to lay hold of real life while you're still in this shadow life, this imitation life. But please do not focus all of your life to protect the plastic life, to protect the fake life, the shadow life. Make sure that you're focusing on genuinely what is real life. The Bible tells us if in Matthew 16, 25, if you try to hang on to your life, this shadow life, this plastic life, you will lose it. If you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Imagine God from the outside. Here's Buzz. He's thinking he's inside of real life. You know, he's completely convinced that the life he's experiencing is reality. Imagine God from the outside of our imitation life looking at us, fighting to lay hold, fighting to stay in the plastic life. I mean, here's God. Let's, let's just, for the sake of visually, let's just say we're in eternity. All of us are in eternity. Congratulations. You're in eternity right now. Congratulations. But look at this. Look at me. Look how much bigger I am. Look how much more real I am. Are you seeing church? A little squishier than I'd like, but it's fine. Look at all this that there is to see. Look at what there is to experience. And we know that, that Buzz isn't experiencing hardly any life. Can you see God's perspective in, in your life and in our life? If Buzz is sitting here thinking that his plastic shadow, smaller life, is life, and he's holding on, saying, I gotta stay in the plastic life. I have to stay in the shadow, limited life. And God is saying, I have a much bigger life for you. I have so much more for you to see and more for you to become. Because when you step out of that plastic life, you're gonna step into this size, this reality of life. And like Pinocchio, you'll go from being a wooden boy to a real boy. Come on, are you understanding these illustrations? Don't desire to just hold on to the limited, hold on to the temporal, hold on to the plastic version. Release it and say, God, I want your life. What God is trying to bring to us 
is so much greater than this little plastic figure comprehends right now. But again, our whole society is a bunch of little plastic toys running around saying, we, this life is all there is. There's nothing beyond it. This is the most, this is real life. He quotes. Real life. I'm trying to show us today, my friends, there's a realer life outside of it. Amen. And so here's what God did. I love it. I love this. God moved from this realm, this big realm, and he poured himself into a human body. And I'm not saying Woody is Jesus. <laughs> but look at the illustration, would you? This is what God did. This is how much God cared about us. God puts all of himself into the plastic life, into the shadow life into the false life so that he could look at us and say, you are a toy. <laughs> are you hearing me? This life isn't all there is. This is the false life. I'll do it again. You are a toy. You are a child's plaything. Right now I'm playing with it again. These are fun. But can you see the love of God? He comes off of his throne and he miraculously, through a work of the Holy Spirit, is born of a virgin and puts on, a, I'm just gonna say a plastic shell, a plastic false life, a smaller version, smaller, so that he could get in to the toy world, so he could get in to the unreal world and teach it about the real world to get into the unreal life, to teach it about the real life, and to help point us to something bigger, something better. Let me show it to you in scripture, Philippians chapter two, verse five through 11. You must have the same attitude which was in Christ. Though he was God, he did not think equality with God as something to cling to or hold on to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took on the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. So he gave up that position and allowed himself to be born as a human being into that lower version, that plastic shadow life. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore God elevated him to a place of honor and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on that side of eternity and on earth, this side, and under the earth, even the demonic realm. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. I want to say something because sometimes we try to hold on to the shadow life, the imitation life, the plastic life, because first of all, we're not aware of what it's gonna be like on that side. And for some reason, we think that this life, this flesh life is where all the fun is, where all the pleasure is, where all the joy is. And so we're hanging on to it saying, well, I can look at it this way. Sorry, I just had a thought. I'm gonna share my thought. I remember when I was 16, Getting, right before getting my driver's license. And I remember praying, God, don't come back 
until I get my driver's license. <laughs> Jesus, just hold off just one more week. I want to drive. And then obviously you probably had the same prayer right before you got married. God, hold off. Just hold off until I can get married. And then you want to have kids and all these things. And we think that all the joy, all the pleasure, all the experiences are here. And we need to get them all before we expire or die when there's no more joy or pleasure. Are you hearing me, church? And here we forget that the creator of all those joys, of all that pleasure, is God. Do you realize the devil has never created pleasure? If you think you're following the devil to be experiencing pleasure, he doesn't know how to make pleasure. He just knows how to distort pleasure to make it harmful to you. And what you think is pleasure is actually a distorted version of something God made and he's using it to destroy your life. Where if you experience the pleasure the way God intended it to be experienced, it'll give you more life. The devil's a counterfeiter. He's never made it. Oh, he made sex. No, he didn't. Are you kidding me? God is the inventor of sex. <laughs> yeah, that is a hallelujah. That is a hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The devil distorted it so that it would steal from your life. But if you do sex God's way, it enhances, increases. That's true. Here's what I'm trying to say. We are mistaken to think that, we, that all the pleasures that are ever going to be had will be had in this fallen world which has been separated from God. That when we, my friends, transition into God's real life, the Bible says this. I want you to hear a great verse. The Bible says in Psalm 1611, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When we step into God's presence, when we step into that eternal side, that is not the end of fun, it's not the end of joy, it is not the end of pleasure, it is not the end of things to be anticipated. It's now we are in the fullness and we can experience the fullness of how God intended life to be. And we'll experience pleasure forevermore. So when we're sitting there thinking we've got to live it all on this side, no, you don't. Because even no matter what you do live on this side, it's still a fallen version, a smaller version, a plastic version of all those things anyways. Amen. Too many times we sacrifice the eternal for the temporal. It's our nature. We just, we end up doing that. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, since we consider and look not at the things which are seen, but we look to the things that are unseen. They're in the unseen realm. For the things that are visible are temporal. These are the temporal things. So I'm trying to help us see today that all this stuff, this is the temporal side. This is the passing away. This is the plastic side. Are you hearing me? The other side is the real, is the eternal, is the fullness side. For the things that are visible are temporal, they are brief and fleeting, but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting, including the joys and the pleasures at his right hand are everlasting. Mm, that's so good. We stepped out of the God kind of real life when we fell at the garden. This side 
this human side became separated from God and we die in the garden. So everything we experience now, even this life we are living now is a death life. It's not living life according to scripture. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 through 17, the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may eat freely. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it, you will surely die. In the day you eat it. Now they died physically like 900 years later, but the moment mankind rebelled, the moment mankind sinned, we fell from the presence of God. And thank God he went on a journey to get us back. Okay, we couldn't save ourselves, we were dead. Amen? But the day we ate it, we died. And we've been the walking dead since. So I want us to see, like, there's no life in this. And this life that we live in the flesh, if we don't live it in Christ, we're still just the walking dead. Separated from the life of God, which is the only life in the universe. The source of life. Are you hearing me? So being connected to God, being connected to life, is the only thing that brings real life. Everything else is a false life, a shadow life, a plastic life, a temporary life, a fleeting life, a dying life, a smaller life. Though you think you're alive, you're really dead. Right? Are you tracking with me, my friends? This is also why God couldn't ignore our sins. When we sinned, we became something else. We fell out of real life into death. The wages of sin is death. When we went from real life to a plastic life, God, through Christ Jesus, isn't trying to keep us living forever in a plastic life, but transform us back into real life. This happens through a work of the Holy Spirit, paid for by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. For the price of sin requires a death. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or cancellation of sin. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 through 22. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ when he put on flesh. And through Christ, through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by our evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, say now, he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ's physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy. Listen to me, church, I'm speaking over you. You are holy, you are blameless, you stand before him without a single fault. Somebody get excited about that. Amen. The resurrected life begins the moment you receive Christ as your Savior. We, the real us, are made alive. And one day, when this earthly life runs out, this temporal, corruptible body falls off or is laid aside, we'll just keep going and step into that real life of God. Because now you are already alive in Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Amen. The Bible tells us one final verse in 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to pray for you. 
It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies, these plastic lower bodies, they're planted into the ground when we die. But they will be raised to live forever. So we'll get a resurrected body that'll then be able to keep up with the real new life, eternal life that God has given us. This current plastic version can't hold up. It's like Jesus' resurrected body. He was himself, but he was greater. He was beyond himself, further, right? That's why I said he was the firstborn. He was still himself, but he was an even greater beyond version of what they had experienced previously. But these earthly bodies, they will be planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. They'll be transformed, right? Our bodies are buried in brokenness, that weakness, all those things that we just discussed, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. See, they're changed, they're transformed. It's not the same body. It is, but it's better, it's greater, and it can carry us into the real and into the eternal. We're already alive in that. Our spirit man is already alive in that, but that earthly body must be changed, must be transformed from plastic to the real life in God. Amen. They are buried as natural human bodies, but then they are raised as spiritual bodies. These are spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. What I'm saying to your brothers and sisters is that our physical body cannot inherit the kingdom of God. This plastic, this shadow, this lower body, these dying bodies, see there it is again. These, these are temporal vessels, temporal vehicles. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. They can't keep up with us. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. See, because there's going to come a moment where something called the rapture is going to take place. And so not everyone will pass through that door of death. They'll get caught up to meet the Lord in the air and meet all those others that have gone before them. This could be a glorious reunion. Okay? And I'm time to talk to you all about it today. But I just want you to be excited about that. Amen? We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. There's a transformation that needs to take place. Again, a similar illustration could have been like a Pinocchio thing, where he goes from wood to real. Where he goes from wood to real. Okay? Our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die. We will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment. In the blink of an eye. When the last trumpet is blown. For when that trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. Okay? No part of the second death, my friends. No part of the second death. There's no hint of the second death. Once we transition in Christ, don't worry. You're good to go for eternity. I, when I was in high school, I used to wonder, am I going to get to heaven and get kicked out? You know, like that? No, my friends, once you make it through that first resurrection in Christ, you're good. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> you're good. Amen. And we who are living will also be transformed, for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies will be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? Amen. Go and celebrate that. Amen. So today I wanted to remind us that this life, this stuff that we see now is the temporal. This isn't the real life. Let's make sure we're focusing on the eternal. Let's make sure we understand that we were dead. But when we gave our life to Christ, we're now experiencing real life. 
One day when this body transitions off, we don't have to be afraid of that day. It's coming. We're going to get just step into the even more real life that we've already been connected in God with. So I want to encourage you with that, to help focus you in that, to know that your sacrifice, your choices to serve the Lord, even the persecution you may face, your giving to missions, your giving to the things of God, your giving of yourself to God is not a waste. Is not a waste. When the world says you should be focused on what they're interested in, you're focused, in, you're focused on the most important thing. Amen. And what you teach your children and your grandchildren, these are the real things of life. These are the lasting, eternal, unperishable things of life. And I wanted to give people an opportunity who haven't made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life an opportunity to experience real life and to make sure they're connected to the eternal life. Would you bow your heads and let me pray for you right there at your seat today? Let me just pray for you right where you are. First, I'll pray for everybody and then I'll give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. Heavenly Father, right now I come and I thank you for this room. I thank you for the word that we've shared. I pray that you help us to value and to see beyond this plastic shadow life. That though, yes, we want to be good stewards of the life you've given us, we're making sure we're even better stewards of eternity. God, I thank you that every prayer we pray, every time we focus on the things of God, that, Lord, we're linking into real life. We're linking into the eternal life. And I thank you for making that real to all of us today. That we don't play Christianity. We don't just attend a building or a service. We're a part of the life of God. And we are so thankful that Jesus Christ has already given us eternal resurrected life. And we're living out of that place even now in this earthly body. Thank you for that. We appreciate that. And Lord, I pray for all those who have not made a decision to serve you, that today you'd give them the courage, you'd help them to send your love, that they would give their hearts to Jesus today, to move from a plastic false life, a separated life, a walking dead life, to accept life, the life of God in Christ Jesus. I give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you can't remember a time that you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages and penalty of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. And then the Bible gives us the how. It says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's what we want to give you an opportunity today. An opportunity to call on the name of the Lord and let Jesus Christ save you from your sin and save you into eternal life in the family of God. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for the next 30 seconds? I want to give you an opportunity when I count to three to raise your hand and to say, that's me. I need to commit my life to Jesus. I don't remember a time where I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and I'd like to do that today. Or you may say, you know, I've walked away from the Lord. I'm not where I should be, but I would sure like to recommit myself to Jesus today. When I count to three again, just simply raise your hand right where you are and we'll pray with you right at your seat. Are you ready? You've never given your life or you want to recommit your life. When I count to three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you, would you put your hand up this morning? Put it up high so I can see. I see your hand right there. Absolutely. Anybody else? Pop your hand up in the air and we'll pray for you right at your seat today. Do not leave this place out of relationship with God. Is there anyone else today? Put your hand up and we'll pray for you. 
All right, church, let's pray for the one, and we'll pray for those watching online. Would you pray this prayer after me? Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize I've sinned, and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate the one? Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.